Hello, and welcome to episode 162 of Constructing Comics, a podcast building stories one page and one panel at a time. On this episode, we have an interview with Jonathan Thompson, writer of Tales of the Dead Astronaut, which we talked about on episode 144, I'm sorry, 141, and the upcoming Burn Residue, coming soon to Kickstarter. This is Matt, and I'm joined by Constructing Comics co-host Noah. Hey there. Jonathan, thanks so much for, for coming back. Um, for anybody who wasn't able to, to hear that episode where we talked about Tales of the Dead Astronaut, could you give us a quick bio about yourself and uh, some of the comics that you make? Yeah, Jonathan Thompson. I am a humble comic books writer working with some of the best artists I can find. I uh, did Tales from the Dead Astronaut, which was a sci-fi anthology book featuring a bunch of like fun different stories, kind of in the vein of like a heavy metal and uh, that was done with artist George Luis Gumbata. And you can still buy some of those. We still have some copies left on my website, spacestationz.com. But now I've transgressed into the noir genre with Burn Residue. And we are launching our Kickstarter today. Very cool. And uh, how about, uh, as we said, how about just a quick uh, elevator pitch for, for Burn Residue and then we'll sort of get more into sure. the creative process. Yeah, Burn Residue is about Willie Boyd he is a mild-mannered gas station attendant with third-degree burns all over his body. And one day, a car pulls up into the gas station driven by one of the men who lit him on fire. That's a good elevator pitch. I like <laughs> uh, It's refined. It's very refined. It's very good, and it's very inspiring. I've, I've been trying to refine my elevator pitch skills, so I'm like, I can always, like, I just, it, it, it blows my mind when people have it down that well. It's really uh, great uh, to see that. It's work. It's work. Yeah. <laughs> and also, I think what's really cool about the way you did that, uh, it's sometimes hard to do in the elevator pitch is to uh, make us care about the character. Mm. And, and you were able to do it. A lot of times it's, you know, this meets this or, you know, zombies on a space station, you know, but you yeah. were able to like pitch the story with that elevator pitch and sort of make us, with like one or two sentence, you know, develop some feelings for, for the character, which is yeah, instantly related to that, instantly related to the main character. Yeah, great, and I've read the great. comic. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's one thing important I want to say for anybody listening that's interested in like checking out the Kickstarter is that issue one is completely done. Uh, Rosano Pagioni, my artist, he is halfway done with pencil and inking issue two, wow. and then immediately going into issue three. By the time the Kickstarter ends, all three issues are gonna be done and ready to go. Nice, that's really, he works fast then. That's amazing. Uh, we've been working on it for since, well, since the last time I was on here, we talked about it. I gave a little, okay. I gave a little, this is what I have coming up. And we started, we started officially probably September, we got a little into it. It took him a little bit to get into like the style he wanted to go with. And then he completed the first 32 pages in three weeks. Man. Just because of that. Yeah. Monster. And, and he is, he can, he can bang out two pages a day. He's, this is a, he's a professional. Yeah. It wow. Is, it blows my mind to like be able to work with someone like him. He's really great. Really great. Is he doing the colors too, or is he just pencil snakes? He is doing the colors. Amazing. Yeah. He has an assistant and the assistant helps out with it, but he's he's doing everything. He also does watercolors with some uh -huh. of the images, not in this book because it didn't fit the style, but uh, we have something planned after this 
that would be a nice crime story with watercolors, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> That's so, awesome. What was the process like for, for finding uh, him to, to, to do the art on this book? You know, I just happened to see some pages that he posted online. And when I saw them, I was like, okay, this is somebody that I need to talk to. And I reached out to him. We talked a little bit. I gave him some bad pitches at first that I could tell he wasn't interested in. And then I was like, okay, all right, let me, let me really think about what I want to do. So I came up with the character. I kind of, I, I pitched him. I was like, uh, I want to see what a gas station attendant with third degree burns all over his body looks like. And he gave me the sketch that I have posted up on Instagram. And I was like, okay, now I'm off to the races. Now I need to figure out who this guy is and where he came from and what we could do with it. And we took off. That's awesome. So the, the first kernel of the idea was uh, a gas station attendant with, with uh, you know, third degree burns. And then from mm -hmm. there you, you built the story. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Which was fun. It's a blast. You know what? Originally I thought, you know, because comics is an investment. I said, all right, let's, I, I've advanced from doing these short stories. Let's do a full one shot. So the plan was a one shot at first, but then the more we started developing ideas, I said, oh, we need to take this story further. We need to do yeah. like a nice, a nice chunk run. And, you know, each issue is 32 pages. Wow. So by the end, you know, the collected edition is going to be, you know, a nice hundred page book. Yeah, that's really nice. What, yeah. So the, what, what I wanted to go back to sort of the inception of the idea, where did the image of a gas station attendant with third degree burns come from? Or is that just something you just sort of randomly generated and built from there? You know, he has a, he has a very rough style. And that was kind of the thing that I clicked into first. I was like, okay, so like, you're not going to get him. He's not the exactly the type of artist that's going to draw like a beautiful Superman. Yeah. So I, I like embraced that rough design of his along with, you know, just you know, to be honest, I've been reading during the pandemic, I read every single trade of Criminal, mm -hmm. along with going back to all my 100 Bullets comics, along with going back to all my Stray Bullets comics. And so like, you know, I was in it. I've always been attracted to this genre. So I was mm -hmm. like, all right, let's let's really let's go really on the dark side of things. And it just, I was like, okay, let's see the guy really messed up. You know, someone who was lit on fire, but survived. Where does he go? Hmm. And what was on that first piece Rosano gave me, I was like, okay, we're in, we're in. Yeah, this yeah. is, let's do this. That's very cool. I like the, the undertone. So at the beginning, and this doesn't spoil anything, but there is sort of a genre flip towards the beginning of the book that I sort of picked up on where it kind of makes you think that it's like a horror story at one spot. And it kind of is, but then it slowly morphs into this like typical revenge thriller. Um, was that something that just sort of happened naturally or did you want to sort of blend the two feelings together from the first scripting stages? I did want to blend the two things together, especially because like I'm, I'm very uh, methodical in my layouts. Hmm. So I knew I wanted to have a really specific rhythm. And one thing I definitely learned doing the short stories with Tales from the Dead Astronaut is just like the importance of the page turn and the importance of a twist. And to keep having those twists going so that when you're sitting there reading, you're like, oh crap, what's happening next? 
oh, we're, we're, oh, now we're here, you know? Not to, it's not a spoiler because it's you can see it in the Kickstarter, but we do see Willie's life before he was burned. Mm-hmm. And he's a high stakes gambler. He goes on the casino cruises. He's, you know, he's the top of the top of his game. And what's great about those pages is in the present day, or rather night, it's all very dark and moody. But then when you're in these casino scenes, it's just bright and it feels almost like a different comic at times. And that's like really exciting to me, but really like when people finally turn each page and see, oh, this is where we're going next. Oh, this is where we're going next. It should really like invigorate the reader. Yeah. And uh, your artist on that did a great job too, not just in the colors, but also in the inks. I loved how he dropped the backgrounds out in the flashback scenes. So it's not, Mm -hmm. the panels don't get muddied. It's very clear and character centric. And then, then it, as the comic goes, it, the two blend each other, blend into each other and really nicely. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll have one more question and I'll give it over to Matt. I'm sorry, Matt. Um, but the, uh, the, I had a question about those past sequences and this is about, like you said, rhythm. We talked about that on your, on the last episode, rhythm is so important to your writing style. And, and it also, it's just, it's, it's my mo- it's probably the most pleasing reading experience too when there's sort of a natural rhythm to things it's it's very satisfying read but one of the things I I noticed reading through this book is that the the two timelines have different rhythms but one timeline you don't necessarily know how things are going to end but one being the past timeline you know how it's going to end up Mm -hmm. um keeping it interesting there I noticed that there's a lot of like quippy one-liners that sort of keep you like reading because you're sort of like anticipating like sort of like the next clever turn of the phrase that he's going to use what was your thought process there like keeping it interesting and keeping sort of the reader on edge in a scenario that they know what the outcome is I think because everything is about rhythm for me rhythm and pacing so even when I'm writing like I will I'll break down the outline page by page I'll mark off my page turns then I'll go, what do I want each page to be? Then I'll write like a rough page, panel one, panel two, panel three to get the images. And then I'll go back and add like the real meat of everything, which is the dialogue and the narration. And that's where it just becomes like rhythmic for me, you know? So it, it just happens. Is that sort of fun for you? Is that sort of like, a, like, you know, that's like where the fun begins when you start adding in those like that, those di- oh, that yeah. dialogue. Cause it's like, this oh, yeah. is very rich stuff like rich, like nice, juicy, like noir dialogue in Thanks. this, Thanks. in this, Thanks. this stuff. I think um, you click into a mood too, when you're doing something like this, you yeah. know, there's it, it, from everything that I've processed throughout my life. It's like, Oh, this is the way you do it. This is, <laughs> you know, you go lost in it. And, um, Oh, what was I? Um, well, I also did the lettering on those pages. I wondered because I, you know, he, he had sent me the raw stuff and I was eager to start feeling the pages and really knowing what I had there. So I made some changes along the way. I added dialogue that wasn't there. I you know, interpreted his art differently than how the panel was written, which in turn added something extra. And like, I started off as a complete amateur with lettering. And then I found like, like a style that I felt really suited. Like, w- this book is going to be released in Italy too, which is pretty cool because mm-hmm. he's part of a publishing company there. So he has a professional letterer doing things, 
So I'm going to have the like final option in the end, you know, do I stick with this way? Do I go with the more professional, typical styled way? Or do I kind of find a way to blend in between? But it helped me, you know, I could, if I felt a line of dialogue or a line of narration was repetitive, I could take that out easily because you just delete the layer and add in something different. And, you know, it was fun, you know, I'm getting the pages probably three or four at a time and I'd be up, you know, because we're on different time schedules, I would wake up at six o'clock in the morning and see I have four pages and then I would have to ignore everybody else in my house and go <laughs> on, pull up the laptop, get the Photoshop ready to go and like, just go. So it, it's very invigorating. And okay, I've said I had no more questions, Matt. I'm very sorry. The huh. uh, one more question, what is the font that you'd use? Cause it matches the artist's style phenomenally. I will have to get back with you on that okay. one because I did I did a I did a deep search and I just knew I wanted to find something that fit. Yeah. And that uh, it fit. You know, when I started to you know, you can see in the pages that are on the on the Kickstarter right now is that I didn't use boxes for the panels. Mm -hmm. Because at one point I thought why am I covering up this art? Mm -hmm. Like I I I almost went back to like, um, like my film sense with like Godard, where it's just like, well, why do we have to do things this way? Why couldn't we do it this way? You know, my speech bubbles don't attach to the character, but your brain knows who's speaking. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to do something different that fit like the mood and the tone of what we were doing there. That's really great. Yeah, and I can see yeah. that in the book. That's really. Great. I'll find that out for you though, and I'll let you know. What oh the, yeah, the font is. But yeah. it's cool just to get a look into your creative process there, because that's something we we like to get deep dives on everything. So lettering is a yeah. part of that. Everything in this book. That's yeah. It, it it makes sense to to start from the artist's style and then pick a font that you know fits that more than anything. Yeah. Once I once I saw it on the page the first time, I was like, oh, this is, this." it felt like, oh, I'll just make this a placeholder. And then by like page three, I did it. I was like, oh, no, this is, why am I doing something different? Like this is, there is no placeholder. This is what it is. Yeah, you're right. And it's, it does, it's sort of that nice break of convention that's not too extreme to where it draws attention to itself. It's just sort of a natural extension of like, yeah, this is supposed to feel like the artist is lettering this. So yeah why not just make it try not to separate it? You know, like that's, it's great. I, I really enjoyed adding the, the narration to like the bottom or the top of the panel yeah. part, like that white space and utilizing that. Cause I think that really helped me with the rhythmic nature of the whole thing. I noticed that I really liked that too. Cause that was something I thought maybe would, uh, I was going to ask you about that. So I'm glad, glad you went into that explanation yeah. on that. You know, like I said, it's like, it's almost better sometimes to not know anything about a certain like task that you're about to approach because then you're going to approach it a different way than what the normal brainwave would want you to do it. So yeah. it kind of like, it was a, it become, it became more feeling to me in the mm -hmm. end. But still like, you know, you, you approach it not knowing about it, but it's still with like that, like artists and artists, or, I don't know that, like creative quality, like work quality that you approach everything with, where you're not going to yeah. go into this without any thought or anything like that. Exactly. Like you're an expert, exactly. you're going to, mm -hmm. you're going to trust your art, artistic instincts yeah. um, when you're doing it, which is important. Um, 
because I, yeah, like, you know, I could go in and start baking bread without knowing anything about it, but like, it doesn't You're gonna matter. You're going to need to watch I, a YouTube video. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And it will definitely be different than anything anyone has ever had made as far as bread goes. Yeah. So you had talked about the, the like the layouts and the rhythm. There's a number of pages in this book where you have these five to six sort of the the same sort of shape. They're 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 the you know wide panel sort of one two three four five six. Um, and you said about the layouts and rhythm. Is that mostly you, or is that the is that the the artist or a combination of the of the two of you? It's a combination. Uh, he wanted to go in the widescreen kind of way, which wasn't like my initial thought. But obviously, what I learned working with George back in Tales from the Dead Astronaut was to trust my artist. Mm -hmm. um, so I let him kind of like go with that. There were certain pages that I knew I wanted something specific, like when you see um, it's it's early in the book when Willie is filling up the gas tanks for you know the heavy Lonnie. Mm -hmm. that you see, you know, three panels that kind of do that movement. And that was more like trying to get sort of a, you know, like a Steve Ditko, kind of like a, like that kind of comic panel rhythm into mm -hmm. it. But, you know, like he did some stuff that was great for me. Um, there's one of the midway flashbacks where Willie meets the, the real heavy of the story, Papa Moore, and they're at the casino table and he throws a chip at him. And he throws the chip in between panels as the panel, you know, as the chip flies through. And I thought that was great. I, so I saw that in the inks. I was like, oh, keep calling. Just keep, don't listen <laughs> to me anymore. Uh, just keep, just send me what you got. Yeah, I, uh, I'm looking at that as, as well. I, I really enjoy that. Um, so I know that uh, when I read the, Kickstarter page, it, it lists your influences. Uh, is it, uh, is it both of you or is it, um, is it that's you that's me. listed yeah, that's, as that's uh, my stuff? Yeah. So it's the 100 bullets is, uh, is a thing for you. Um, I like that. Like I say in there, like 100 bullets was probably the comic I shouldn't have been reading at 14 years old, but <laughs> that was the height of it. And I found it in a Barnes and Noble or rather a Borders spinner rack. So I was like, I need all of these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I'm guessing maybe that's. That I'm guessing maybe that's one of the reasons why the this art style appealed to you so much because I can like the I dark, so. the dark, heavy shading on the on the faces. You know the 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 you know lots of shadows being cast on the on the face. I think that's a lot of. It looks very Eduardo Rizzo to to, to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. I do think that's kind of what jumped out at me in his style. I, I don't know how familiar he is with Hundred Bullets. I know one thing we talked about a lot was criminal, mm -hmm. and you know the kind of I said this is the kind of you know we want this to be like the lost criminal story, and that's kind of you know I feel like where we're ending up. Yeah, I can definitely get the I definitely get the Edward Rizzo like composition as far as like I love Rizzo always has those like dynamic angles and things like that, and then like the rich blacks. Um, but yeah, I and we talked a lot about yeah. yeah we talked a lot about noir film yeah and that added to it too you know he's a pretty skilled crime comic artist so i was more stepping into his field than me into him into mine 
He has that great textured quality of Sean Phillips too, which is really mm-hmm. great. Um, like yeah. sort of a nice marriage of both of them, like the shadows and everything. Is he traditional or is he digital? Oh, he's traditional. Oh man. Yeah. And it's, it's really cool to see the, um, you know, every time you get like, when he would show me the inked pages without the color and you see like kind of like the sloppiness of it too, before it's cleaned up digitally with the colors, that was really cool. Like, you know, we want to be a success so we can then go sell everybody the artist edition version of this. So everybody yeah. can see how beautiful it looked that way, because it's, it's really cool. I was going to ask, are the, are the original art pages going to be available through the Kickstarter or is that something you'd have to no, return the artist for? No, I, I am, uh, after my last experience with George, who was like, I'm keeping all of these. I, I was like, <laughs> okay, I need some of these. So <laughs> I, I put in my request for pages, but he's, he already has a dealer interested in the others. Okay. But our, our biggest reward is going to be, um, there's going to be 15 original, like pencil inked pages that he's going to have. Not pages from the book, but like pages that he's worked on in development. You know, he sends me stuff all the time that he's designing to like feel out the character more. So I thought that would be cool to offer. Something like really one of a kind, something that, you know, is really only going to be for the person who gets it. Oh man. That's really, that's a, that's a good, uh, that's a good selling point right there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So I'm looking at a a number, uh, uh, again, I'm looking through these sort of widescreen panel, um, you know, pages. And uh, a lot of times Noah and I talk about how appealing it is for, for uh, images to be centered. And there's a lot of, it's, 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 it's centered a lot here. Um, was again was was that you or was that you or was that just uh, the art was coming back and you're like you know he's and I think he, he does a really great job of uh, you know I'm looking at where uh, Willie's riding the motorcycle and sometimes we're behind him and sometimes we're in front of him so it's not always you know it's it's a it's a motorcycle moving and it's not mm-hmm. always we're not always at the same angle so you know it almost feels like it's passing us or you know uh, it, it really helps with the movement. So uh, how much of that design was, was you? It, you know, it's him interpreting my script. It, it really is. You know, it's every project I've seen to start off with a more controlling stance because this is the first time I'm working with someone and then four pages in, I'm like, uh, what am I even talking about? You do your thing. I think the hardest page we had was the f- fourth page because... A little subtle thing about our story is that it takes place like 10 years in the future. Mm-hmm. So all cars are electric cars. Willie is just like a normal electric car charge station. So the important thing is that when the muscle car shows up, it shows up because it needs a lot of gas to get where it's going to go because it needs reserves. And Willie's gas station is one of the only few gas stations with an old pump left. So of course, like this was hard to kind of like, because Rossano is Italian, and I am American, we have a little bit of a language barrier sometimes. So he kept adding gas cans and like spilled gasoline in the, in the image. I'm like, no, it wouldn't be there. Like, we have to take that out. But after that page, it was smooth sailing. And I love those, the gambling scenes too, when Papa Moore and Willie are facing off and he did those in that just stacked manner where everything is centered and you feel so sucked into everything. You know, I always say the greatest joy about finding these great artists is that I get to be the first reader mm-hmm. and I know I'm having a great time. So no matter what happens, it's a success to me. 
That's that's awesome to have that. Does it, with the centering composition, a question off of that I was wondering about is how does that like for you as the letterer, does that sort of help you indulge more in that rhythmic quality of the visuals and the words? Like you yeah, can be sort yeah. of a little more free with that. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, I was wondering because I was looking at one page specifically about the uh, the 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 part where where he's riding his motorcycle um, through it and he's catching up with an object. I won't say what, but he, like there's this sort of nice stair step, like of like where the lettering is sort of in the same sort of operating in the same sort of area of the panel, but it sort of like oh. moves nicely through the negative space, like in this, like yeah. draws your eye down, down the page. Are you thinking about that consciously about like where you place it now it draws oh, your yeah. eye down? Yeah. Yeah. When, when I'm in there lettering, that's all I'm thinking about is just like, again, building that rhythm, keeping the eye where it should be not going to a distracting spot, but also like finding the right hole in the art that I don't want to disturb, you know? Yeah. Oh, there's a nice spot of black here. This is where I can put it. And it just so happens to be the best spot for it. Yeah. I was wondering about that. Cause like, it's, it's like, he seems to be the letterer's artist where he has like not too much negative space, but just the right amount of negative mm -hmm. space on his yeah. artwork. And sometimes, um, sometimes his art caused me because I didn't want to overfill things. And because maybe a panel like uh, page 14 was the toughest page for me to letter because there's so much going on, so much dialogue, so much information. And that took me forever. And that, that was one where like, once I clicked to put the like white space narration box up top and mm -hmm. cut off the top half of the art, that helped me. But seeing his art and finding the right place to move panels and move, not move panels, but move, um, the dialogue was fun and helped me a great deal, even just going forward. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm looking at that page right now and it's sort of, yeah, you're right. There's a lot of information given on that page and a lot of important Ooh. stuff going on in the panels with the characters. Yeah. So the, 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 the car that requires gasoline, um, it's, it's an old, it's an old Mustang. Um, who did, did you pick that car or was that a, a was that a artist choice? Artist choice. I told okay. them, you know, make it a cool muscle car from like the sixties or seventies, you know, something that could have been in, you know, two lane blacktop and, uh, you know, he loves drawing cars. So he was like, I know exactly what one to put. Fair. I thought you were going to do a film reference at one point with the dialogue because it, and this isn't spoiling anything. One of uh, Willie's narrations is that like, I know I only know one guy who drives a car like that and it's not him or something like that. And I was like, Oh, is this going to be a Steve McQueen reference or something like yeah, that? No. And I was like, that's sort of where I thought it was going. And I was like, yeah, that fatty doesn't deserve it. I'm joking. But mm -hmm. like, it's like mm -hmm. um, that, like you could tell like I thought that was like at first I thought you were going to make a film reference but it is it is such a like it is sort of cool to sort of show like sort of one thing is not like the other kind of thing where it's like like the illustrator really took upon himself to sort of match show the mismatch between something that's sort of like antique and glorious and has this like nostalgia and like represents good things and then have uh the uh the heavy like you said uh sort of always like mismatching it. So I always like when the, the art sort of complements the writing in yeah. a good way yeah. um, without over explaining things. Um, 
Yeah, because like he's an ugly dude coming out of like a beautiful car. Like you said yeah. in the dialogue, sticking his fingers where they don't belong. Um, very cool. So um, you had mentioned this early on that this book is completely done as you go to Kickstarter. Um, you guys are working on two. Um, but I think one thing that you did that was great here with this first issue is that you tell a complete story. Um, so that if anybody just happens to, to get one, they're not sort of like, they don't read it and going, oh, I have, you know, I have to wait so long to, to find out what happens. I mean, we're certainly pulled into this world and we want to know more, but we get a satisfying uh, conclusion at one. So how much of that was in your plan? Um, you know, because like, if you think about how if you read like an old like Spider-Man comic, like there was this like long, you know, story being told, but like you could pick up one issue and it told you, told you a story. And I feel like a lot of times with, um, you know, modern comics, that's not necessarily um, what we get, but that's what you delivered here. So was, how much of that was in your plan? I'd, I'd say a modern comic, um, Willie would just get on the bike to leave to chase after the car by the end of the 20 or so pages with ads. Mm -hmm. that you would get so I mean it comes from the point where we started this off as a one shot and I knew I think it's always important to give a reader a complete story you know I know the cost of a comic I know what it's like to walk into a store I know what it's like to get the stuff on your list and then sit down and you like read it and you're like I, this was useless this was pointless so it's like super important for me for whoever wants to put you know their hard-earned money into something that we've created that they really get like a real punch with it so that's you know 32 pages is a lot of space for a story and i wanted to make sure that it felt complete in the end that's really great that's something that especially with crowdfunding that's a big thing when you when you're going into a comic and crowdfunding it's sort of hard to uh at least for me personally, it's hard to invest in something, you know, is going to be an ongoing yeah. experience and you know, you're not going to get month to month or we are like, you know, bi-weekly or something like that. Yeah. So having that, knowing that you're sort of investing in a completed project really helps where it's like, you can continue reading after the first issue, but you don't have to like, or the first arc, it's like, it's just sort of nice to know that whatever the turnaround is, you're not going to have to like, get wait another year for the next chapter you know uh, like i say like i approach everything as a consumer mm -hmm. you know because that's what i am because i know i know how upset i am when i get something that's not worth it and i knew eventually that i was going to have to go with i, I was going to have to take a project to kickstarter because i think that it's a great platform um i almost see it as like a great pre-ordering way I, I do see a lot of people that you know i've backed several myself where it's been months and i see that there's just still working on pages and um so okay so i'll get it sometime in 2021 issue one of and then i guess you're going to run another kickstarter for issue two so i knew i want to give people the complete experience mm -hmm. i want them you know the fun part is is people can back it into well rather three different ways one way is you can get each single issue shipped to you on a monthly basis. So that like, I feel like makes it fun and like a traditional comic again, you know, you can have that like, Oh, this was great. This was issue one. Oh, 
a month later, issue two is here. And we're going to start shipping issues January. So nice. there's going to be very little lag time between the Kickstarter ending and the issues going out. Mm-hmm. And then after all three issues are out, I'm going to put it out as a, you know, the other option is as a graphic novel version, which will be like 100 pages. So if you, you can have, do I want single issues? Do I want a full graphic novel? Or you get both, you know, those options are there. But I think it's important for the most value for people. You know, when people see a Kickstarter, I want them to know that like you're backing a full story. There's no risk because you're getting it no matter what. And enjoy the ride. Yeah. That's got to be, that's got to be, like you said, that you have that instant satisfaction of being the first reader of this comic, but then also to be satisfied and knowing that you're making a product you'll want to buy. That's got to be satisfying too. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. I think I'm the most excited about getting like the hard copy versions of things. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to see a physical form first because, uh, you know, I mentioned he's going to release it in Italy first. So in Italy, they do two kinds of versions. They do like a regular staple version. And then they, for even a single issue for a series like this, they'll do a, you know, 48 page hardcover with bonus material. So he's going to ship me both of those. So I'm excited to get those. I'll be very excited to share. I'm like, oh, I need like 10 of these. Yeah, every country does things better than ours. And every day I learn about just something great that we don't get. I know. I know, I know. Yeah, I asked him if he was worried about the pandemic releasing. He's like, it's a little bad here now, but we're pretty good. I was like, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Let me come. Yeah. Uh Uh, But it's like, it's also cool to, on this podcast, to sort of talk to people who live in other countries and how their cultures sort of like use comics and stuff like that. Like, you know, here it's sort of 50-50, like we were talking about before the show, sort of the general idea is that it's like comics is sort of like IP generators, right? You know, and um, mm-hmm. that's sort of like the widely, everybody agrees on that 100%. But whether yeah. people respect it as an art form is another thing and whether people take it yeah. seriously yeah. Another thing as well. But in like European, like when we've had people from, from like the UK or like uh, Germany or Italy or somebody like that, it's like comics are viewed completely different and yeah. Or we have we have one of our regular guests who lives in Japan, you know, like comics okay. are yeah. so different over yeah. there. Yeah. Like and it's like it's so it, it's sort of cool to always find out about how people sort of treat the art form in different places. I uh, I joke with my fiance, I say that um that I'm gonna be famous in Italy before I'm even <laughs> Before anybody even answers me back here in America, <laughs> I'll sit at the bottom of the slush pile here. But in Italy, oh, the name I'll have. It's got to nice. be great, though, being a writer here and having have an artist internationally that you can sort of experience it's, it's comics cool, yeah. through them in a way. I, when he when I first talked to him and he said he said, you know, um, I am part of a publishing company in Italy and you know they've seen some of the pages and they want to put this out too and i was like okay all right i only had an italian plan at first <laughs> i was like okay so i guess i'm making it a comic for the italian market all right you know how do we get this to america that's <laughs> yeah, fun you'll become a genius in italy it'll be great exactly it's, you know maybe then i'll get the respect here exactly. maybe then they'll look at my emails yeah <laughs> jonathan thompson international comics man i like it yeah yeah Completely unknown here. 
Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, we we um, I think here it's a it's a much bigger graphic novel industry now, which is cool. You know, that's we're we're gonna when we we go out to publishers after we've given everybody you know the first chance here with Kickstarter. Uh, you know, we're gonna submit it as a as a full graphic novel, which I think will benefit it. I think I'll definitely purchase the graphic novel option, but also the single issue option because I, I love graphic cool. novels because it's an easier way to share it with people. Um, yeah. Well, no, go ahead. Cause I'll oh, no, I was done. That was all I was going to say. Surprise next. Okay. So the cool thing is, is because I like, you know, I can't do anything halfway. If I was going to do this, I needed to give everyone all three issues I needed to make it available as a single issue and as a graphic novel. So I reached out to um, Jacob Phillips, Sean Phillips' son, and he's going to do the cover for the graphic novel version. Very nice. That's pretty oh, awesome. wow. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. That's I, great. I, I was like, I made the leap. He was opening up commissions. I said, uh, how about you do a cover for us? And then I sent him the, the issue, and here we are. So we'll that'll be very upfront right now um he's working on it it's we'll probably reveal it midway through the campaign but that's i think you know listen i would do both too i would do both too if i was <laughs> yeah. an outsider that's and great. then the other thing is i said i'm a huge stray bullets fan so i reached out to david lapham and he's doing a original art piece of willie that we're gonna have so every tier you back will come with like a set amount of raffle tickets. And then at the end, I'll raffle off, you know, to whoever wins, we'll get the beautiful art piece of Willie Boyd that I can't have. Wow. Oh, wow. That is yeah, very, that's, yeah, that's, it's, uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah. That's awesome. And it's a genius sort of marketing. Um, I feel uh, that way. I had to tell both right away. I was like, listen, if you agree to this, first of all, read the full issue. Don't just agree to anything. And second of all, like, I'm going to abuse your name to a point to get this out there. <laughs> that's great. That's awesome, man. Yeah. That's so cool. That you got those guys on board and that is a definite draw to this campaign. Yeah, Like it right. was, I, I, I thought I was like, all right, maybe I'll get one. Maybe I won't even hear from anyone back. And then to like, I like literally locks down both deals today. So I was just oh. like, oh shit. And I got, I have a, it's, it'll be on the Kickstarter. It's on the Kickstarter, but, David already gave me a like early design of what he's doing for the original art. And he's like, Oh, you know, you have any questions about it? Like you have any suggestions? I was like, absolutely not. Like, you've, just, you've embodied the entire thing. Oh man. And, and David Lapham's review was, this is very twisted. So there you go. I'm <laughs> hey, putting that oh, that's, uh, yeah. that's, that's, that's high praise from him. That's a great uh, poll quote for way, the, yeah. yeah, for the tree. Well, yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. That's great. So um, I, I took my two biggest influences and I was like, how do I get these things in here? Nice. <laughs> so you, you had mentioned um, that, you know, this is Kickstarting. Um, it's, it's on Kickstarter. Um, it's done. You guys are, you know, art's going on uh, for, for future issues. Um, how are you going to handle sort of the the creative, you know, still doing the creative process and, and, and reviewing pages, lettering pages, you know, outlining, scripting, 
but also sort of keeping your sanity and, and going over and looking at that funding goal on, on Kickstarter and, and hopefully um, speaking from experience, not hitting the refresh button every, every 30 seconds <laughs> to see if, uh, see I, if the, the, the number's gone up. I was going to say, why would you refer to like looking at the Kickstarter as keeping your sanity? Because I have to say from the second I like got approved and put the pre-launch page up last week, I, I told my fiance, I was like, I'm just overwhelmed with anxiety. Like, I, I don't know what to do now. Like, we did this. We're out there. But, you know, the, the great thing is, is that the writing's done. Mm -hmm. I can just take pages in. And then I, the great thing I have to distract myself with is I'm working on more issues of Tales from the Dead Astronauts. So, oh, you know, wow. it's like that complete different turn to get me out of the headspace of this. But also, like, I I find it fun to, like, promote and get out there and harass people you know my twitter was very deactive for a long time and when this started back up i was like okay now i'm everywhere now <laughs> i like that too rip remender <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's awesome so this is gonna be this we're gonna definitely try to help you out promoting this book because we're, we're a fan thanks, of you thanks guys and thanks. having read having you being generous enough to let us read the first issue it's totally worth backing it's Thanks, it's guys. everything it, it's such a good book it's such a good comics thanks and i, I was and i have to say we're, we're, i'm incredibly happy you are a comics creator now so thank you oh thanks thanks yeah. and i am happy that i have you guys to talk to and excited for dino thrashers as i said oh thank thanks. you thanks we appreciate it yeah awesome uh, well one uh, more thing I'll yes say please so so today is Wednesday, New Comic Book Day. It's the 28th. So I know I talked about how like every every reward has a set amount of raffle tickets for the David Lapham's drawing. For the until 11:59 tonight, if you back early, that you get like a ton more raffle tickets and chances. So Okay. An incentive to get in right away. Okay. I'm going to set an alarm for midnight right now. <laughs> well, 7 a.m. is when I'm launching. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, oh, no, I, uh, I, I'm i very excited for this. Um, but as we close out, um, let's do the, the, the elevator pitch and where folks can, can find yeah. you online so they definitely can keep up with this and uh, hopefully some more news on... Uh, Tales from the, the Dead Astronaut as we as we go yeah. forward. Hope, hoping to deliver more news about that real soon. But the elevator pitch is, Willie Boyd is a mild-mannered gas station attendant with third-degree burns all over his body. And one night while walking back and forth to the pump, a car pulls up, driven by one of the men who set him on fire years ago. And then you could find me on Twitter at Commander of Zed, C-M-D-R of Zed. Uh, Instagram is Space Station Zed, and the Kickstarter is live now, Burn Residue. But you'll probably see a link here in the notes or look it up and dive in. Be an early adopter. Why definitely. not? Yeah, definitely. We're going to have links to all of that <laughs> stuff. Um, also, uh, you know, we, we talked about Tales of the Dead Astronaut. Um, if anybody wants to go back, is there? do you still have uh, copies of that for sale on your website? I I do. I have some on my website and one of the reward tiers will be, you can get a copy of that too, along with the single issues. Awesome. Well, anybody so who I, ha uh, I have, I have about 
50 left. So okay. that's, you know, I would say get on that version now too, if you want to be a full backer. Yeah, definitely. Cause that's a, that's a, that's a, that's another awesome book. I really, I really enjoyed that Thanks. one. And that one takes Thanks. you, uh, that one takes you in a number of, of different places. Uh, you know, at the, you, you sort of stretched your creative muscle. That one was, you know, a lot of, uh, short stories, you know, sticking with the theme. And then here you've, you've, you've graduated to, to the longer form storytelling. So I think that was the plan, you know, awesome. that was, uh, I felt like, all right, I got this. I got this. Let's go in. Cool. Um, well, we're going to have links to all of that in our, our show notes, but definitely uh, get in on this Kickstarter early uh, so you can get as many raffle tickets as, as you can. So, uh, you know, I, the 28th is the day to it. hit that, uh, is the day to hit that, uh, <laughs> back this project uh, button. Awesome. Uh, well, uh, I'd like to thank everybody for listening. If you could give us a rating and review on the podcasting service you use, we really appreciate it. If you want to follow the podcast, we are on Twitter at ConstructComPod. Instagram is Constructing Comics Pod. Facebook and YouTube is Constructing Comics. And as we said earlier, um, please check out the Kickstarter for Dino Thrashers. Um, I'm publishing that. Uh, Noah's the artist. Um, and a related Kickstarter. Uh, check out the Grand Commandment anthology. Um, Noah and I co-wrote a story called uh, Tablets, and uh, we like to pitch that as they live with iPads. Um, so that's that's going on. Uh, we're going to have links to both of those Kickstarters in the show notes. But uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, please be nice, uh, be safe to each other, and go out there and make some comics. Thank you. <laughs>